Coming up on today's show, we have a lot of news in the galaxy. Since we have so much, let's rock out this week on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 323 of Traveling with a Mouse. I am your host for this week. I am actually not scheduled to be your host because I am joined by Jason. Oh, nope. I'm sorry. I'm not joined by Jason. He's the one that's missing. I am joined by Adam. What's up, everybody? I'm here. And I don't get to do any cool line, I guess, now from uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. Do you want me to intro you so that you can do that? (laughs) Well, I, since you've already given it away. Oh, sorry. Well, you said rocking at the in, in start of the show. Well, I mean, you know, that was cryptic. Was it? I could have done a Star Tours reference. Star Tours reference? Yeah, because of all the Star Wars stuff that we saw recently. Wait, did something happen in Star Wars news? I didn't hear. Well, I mean, they maybe just might have said something involving the Galactic Cruiser. Yeah. Like itineraries, prices, food options, those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just little stuff. Little things. Like the price is little as well, right? Yep. But I think maybe we'll save that for closer to the end. Because it's probably what we're going to talk about the most when it's all said and done. We'll stick with all really big stories this week. Because why don't we talk about how they have registration for Walt Disney World annual pass holder previews for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I've been checking my email every day, but nothing. DVC is getting one too. Well, they announced that first, but annual pass said it would be coming. Yeah. It made it seem as though they were going to get DVC before annual pass. Or do you think they're going to be roughly the same time? Because I don't recall DVC getting this sort of privilege in the past. Um, I'm trying to think, did they get one for Galaxy's Edge? Maybe, but I thought, I know, that's a good question. Pass holders. I know pass holders did, but yeah. I think they're trying to throw some love to the DVC members here as of late. Probably because the sales have not been as good. <laughs> At least the, the new sales. Yeah. So awesome. maybe they're trying to give incentive for buying DVC. Yeah. But they're referring to this as a squeak peak. Right, of course. Ha ha. Ha ha right. Because the attraction is going to open on October 1st. you got to think they're going to have to announce when this is going to be very soon because we're inside of two months. It's been ready since like March 1st, so they need to let some people ride it. Yeah, I mean, I think this, yeah, this thing's probably been ready since January. Maybe even before that. <laughs> For yeah. all we know. At least it's not collecting dust. Like they've probably done some things. Cast members, of course, will be able to preview this as well. They're probably going to get to do it first. Maybe, yeah. So I would we'll imagine see. the month of September, they'll probably have you know, a week of cast members, a week of DVC, and then a week of pass holder slots that you can reserve. Right. I have a trip booked at the end of September, so I'm hoping that it just so happens to be that time period where i can book one so what day is at the end of september because we actually are probably going to go to that area with friends like mid of the first week of october oh that's the idea be hanging around during the 50th kickoff kind of you might try to show up to see what it's like (laughs) the dates that would work best for us start on wednesday october the 6th so it'll actually be just Uh, after just after 
the week so, we're looking the weekend would be the the weekend before the fiftieth. It would be the twenty fourth of September. Yeah. So, so you're looking at going. So hopefully there'll be a preview that weekend. Well, maybe. Disney put this on the back burner. The way things worked out with COVID and everything, it was pretty much gonna be the only new thing there that they could possibly spring on you for the fiftieth, so Right. Other than shows and fireworks and such, but right. it was going to be the only new attraction that was going to be even close to available. Right. <laughs> ready. That's so, clearly why they held it to the yeah. this date. I mean, there was no other reason. There was some speculation that some of this other stuff might would have been ready in time, but as time went on, it was came pretty obvious that that wasn't yeah. going to happen. So, right, Tron yeah. was supposed to be open, but of course, you can look yeah. at it and see that it's definitely not anywhere near yeah. being ready. And I think back whenever we were expecting Ratatouille to open earlier, we still had at least the idea. We thought, well, they could potentially finish Tron between now and then, and that, and then it, you know, just seemed to drag on. And yeah, they even halted construction for a while. Yeah, it seemed. Speaking of Tron, really quick, did you see? There's this mystery building or mystery structure that's they're building up next to where the canopy part is. No one really knows what this is going to be yet. It's over at the Barnstormer side, so if you're over there, you can see there's clearly a fairly sizable structure being built that doesn't appear to be in any of the concept art. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is this part of the railroad tunnel, maybe? But this is an awfully big railroad tunnel, <laughs> hmm. if it is. So it's it's already like two stories tall at this point, maybe three, looks like, potentially. Hmm. Yeah, it just looks interesting. It came up in the last couple of weeks. So some people I, thought maybe it's going to be like bathrooms or something, but it doesn't really seem like it's going to line up with the pathway. So Wouldn't that be an awfully, uh, wouldn't that be like the shortest distance between bathrooms like ever? Because there's some just like right across the way. Who knows? Well, I got to thinking as far as like just outside the attraction. Of course, I don't know where the exit to Tron is going to be at this point, but I think the um, exit will be on the Space Mountain side. Okay, so okay, so if it's on the Space Mountain side, don't they still have the bathrooms right over there where the yeah where the extended queue is essentially for Space yeah, Mountain? Yeah, kind of right like now. that. Yeah. Don't they still have those right there? So why yeah. would they have bathrooms? Yeah, so this may not. Maybe it's another Space Two Twenty. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. It's probably going to be the extended shop. <laughs> that's what yeah, you're gonna right. do right there exit to the gift shop yeah i don't yeah i don't know but whatever it is it's coming up quickly and it looks at, to be at least two stories high so far so yeah whatever it will be well, I'm sh we'll keep our eye on it for sure yeah and see if we can see if I anything just thought that was interesting we'll see what develops yeah let's go to the west coast because they started announcing that they're going to resume annual pass sales. Yes. They have the levels and pricing announced out there. Did you ever find out what the how many levels they had before versus this? Because I didn't think it was exactly the same. It wasn't, but it's very similar. The highest level was the Premier, which was the Florida and California. And I right. believe... Right, that's not even an option right now, which maybe it never will be again. But I think that one was twenty two hundred or something. Yeah, it was in twenty nineteen. It was a little more than that, but it may have gone up again. The prices 
had just jumped quite a bit mm-hmm. right after For Galaxy's months. Edge opened and yeah. in that time frame right before COVID hit. But I remember there was a signature pass that was fourteen hundred thirteen ninety nine, which is in line with what the most expensive one was there. There was another one that was eleven forty nine and then one that was seven ninety nine and then they may have had a cheaper one that was a, a California resident only that's more in line with what the imagine key is yeah so that's what we're about to get at so yeah the annual pass program they don't have annual passes anymore they just renamed them to magic keys right so I don't know if they're literally going to look like keys, but <laughs> that would be funny if you got like a giant key that you have to walk yeah. around with all day. This is what you have to do. You have to unlock it. So the dream key, as we were just talking about, that's the most expensive. Yep. It is $13.99. Those with the dream key, will they don't have any blackouts. Yeah. They can have six theme park reservations at a time. Yeah. And you can you can book them 90 days in advance. It includes parking, and they also get uh, discounts. Nice. They get 20% off merchandise and 15% off dining. Correct. Yeah. So on that one. And then there's the Believe Key, which is at $949. And they can do six reservations at a time as well, but there will be some blackouts for them. They get 50% off parking, so if it, parking's not included with that one, 10 off merchandise and 10 off dining. Right. So, slightly downsized. Right. So, I'm looking at that, though. The difference between the two. So, you got $13.99. What is that? Um, That is $350. Am I doing my math right? $450. Yeah. $449 or $448 difference. $448 difference. I think it's worth that extra money because the other thing that, I don't know if this is just for California residents, but they do have the option for monthly payments on all these, mm-hmm. which is great for for that. Exactly. Let me finish the other ones. So we have the Enchant Key, which is $649. They can have four theme park reservations at a time. Of course, there's more blockout dates. Yeah. They also get the 10% off merchandise and 10% off dining, right? Right. But no parking. No parking. You have to pay for just, parking. Yeah. The Imagine Key is the lowest tier available to Southern California residents only in this case. Yep. Two theme park reservations. Of course, they're going to have the most blackout dates. I will be very curious to see what these calendars look like. <laughs> yeah. So of course, throughout the year, all these Magic Key holders will have special benefits such as dedicated dining experience and custom menu items and so on and so forth, right? There's going to be the little, yeah. little perks and all this good stuff. So they start as low as $399 or $19 a month for 12 months. You know, that's an example of what mm-hmm. you can do. So you can pay for it monthly. You can just add it on as another subscription. California residents, pretty much, that yeah. we all have. <laughs> yeah, basically, I mean, cancel Netflix and Hulu or something and then get your <laughs> yeah. Disneyland pass, but you won't be able to go very much. But Yeah, there you go. And you got to pay for well, parking and... Unless you're gonna do the like I don't know what would it be for the thirteen ninety nine hundred and what dollars a month hundred and three or something like that I forgot what it was something yeah. something like that yeah so yeah a little bit more expensive uh, streaming these you might have to cancel but yeah. all right so going along with this Walt Disney World has announced that they're going to resume 
annual pass sales before the 50th or by the 50th, I should right, say. So that, that, yeah. that could mean that they're going to do it on October 1st. Probably. Probably. It's like, we'll that's the other thing they're going to offer. It's like Ratatouille is opening. Oh, and you can buy an annual pass starting on this. Try day. to upsell the folks that are there on the 50th, the enormous yeah. crowd that will be there on the 50th. Right. They'll probably get some kind of a deal on an annual pass if you're there on that day. I don't know. Yeah, Not likely. <laughs> Overall, though, I've listened to several of the California folks I follow talk about this. They're pretty happy with this because I think they were expecting either the price to be a lot more or a lot of the other benefits to be stripped out. It's oh, yeah. I think everybody bad. was expecting worse. Yeah. I was, I mean, was kind of shocked. There are a few things that are limited, and there's a few things that I think are coming to Florida annual passes as well. Even if you go with the highest tier, obviously the biggest limit over what an annual pass used to be was you could go any day you wanted to. Now you have to book up to six reservations at a time. 90 so, days in advance. Right. You're, well, that's where you're it limited to some potential availability issues. Even you know with no blackout dates, you still got to score a reservation. See, and this is one thing I don't really like is that the fact that they worked reservations into this suggests what we kind of feared is that reservations aren't going anywhere. Yeah, and I think that's definitely, they're not going away at all. I don't think that's ever going to go away now. now. We used to talk about the death of the spontaneity of dining. Now it's the death of the spontaneity of park going has pretty much come, unfortunately. Basically, yeah. And I think this is their way of combating the crowds without having to raise the price to try and price people out. They're trying to offer, I mean, like the Imagine Key is like, they're giving some, some people a very cheap annual pass, but there's going to be, you know, you got to pay for parking. You have a very limited calendar of days you can go. You can only have two reservations at a time. So, there's a lot of more limitations, but there it is affordable for a lot. So here's my thing with the reservation part. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna have so many numbers of reservations, but yet it seems like you're still gonna try to fill the park as full as you possibly can by keeping you know X number of reservations available. I think it's more or less about them trying to have control yeah. of knowing who's gonna be where when. Right. More than anything else, because they're not doing it to control population. Because if they if they could sell the thing to what they know as capacity reservation wise, they would. If they t- they would take that many reservations, I guarantee you. Right. They well, they frequently the raise and you know, open up more reservations. I think they limit it to some degree, and then they're like, well, more people are trying to get this day, or they want this day. Like Disney World October first, they've opened it up numerous times for more. <laughs> reservations so right. it's gonna look like christmas day at magic kingdom there, on october 1st that's why i say it was all a degree of control because all they're wanting yeah. to know is what to expect and what to plan for right. themselves so obviously that's on all a day want. like christmas or new year's or a day like the 50th anniversary they're gonna have all hands on deck at magic kingdom so they're gonna have 100 percent capacity you know pre-covid 100 percent capacity for that day only and then a few days after that, maybe, but uh, otherwise, they're going to lower it back down to the fifty or whatever they've been holding it at. 
But for certain occasions like Christmas, I guarantee you it'll be back up to the 100%. Because they know who's going to be there. Then they can staff it appropriately for that day to handle the number of people that'll be there. So it helps them in that way. And another reason why I don't think park reservations would ever be going away is because... Let's just be honest. All throughout the year, it's not going to be an issue selling all of them out. So there's going to be some available same day as we as time goes on. Yeah. I mean, this is not always going to be a problem. Like sure. the demand is not going to be a problem that you're going to have to, you're not going to be able to find a reservation like the day before or even the yeah. day of in some cases. Right. If they'll if they'll even allow that. Yeah. You're going to be able to find that going forward. But they again, they want to have an idea. Yeah. It's, of what they need to staff for and prepare for and all that good stuff. That's that that's where their advantage comes in yeah. on that. So so here's a couple more observations on this. So a lot of people are saying, oh, I think the Disney World annual passes are going to be just like this one now, and it's going to be even more expensive. I don't think the price is going to change a ton for Disney World because I think they're trying to do the same thing, and they don't mm-hmm. need to raise the price because the prices on the California ones hasn't changed. Really, I mean, it looks basically the same as it did 2019. But what I think the limitation is now, you're getting less value for that money. So essentially, they did raise the price because now you're limited to having to pick the six days. I think hopefully by October 1st, when this rolls out for Disney World, that annual pass holders will get six because right now we can only do three. So hopefully we'll get the six if you have like the platinum the current yeah. So I agree with you in the sense that I feel like Florida is going to open up more tiers because let's let's just let's take a look at this, right? What they yeah. did in California. Three out of these four tiers are open to everybody, based on what yeah. I see. Right. Are open to everybody. The yeah. only one that's limited to Southern California is the Imagine Key. So it doesn't yeah. say on the other ones that you have to be in California at all. Right. Not that for, we can tell. For the six forty nine right. level. Yeah. Not that we can tell at this time. Now, if they get more details out that suggest that, then they could. But, I mean, the only one we see that's limited at all is to Southern California, and that was the the Imagine. It appears if you wanted to, say, get a $649 annual pass and you live on the East Coast, you could for Disneyland. That's what it looks like, again, could we may not be reading the fine print on this uh, detail enough. Well, it just... Again, it just broke. So the the details will iron out. Yeah. Right. And hopefully payment plans, because right now, Disney World, two of them are available to out-of-state, and the other two, Silver and Gold, are Florida Resident or DVC only. So they'll probably come out with multiple tiers in Disney World as well. Yeah. I mean, they have four tiers currently, Platinum Plus, Platinum Gold, and Silver. But hopefully... To have better options for out of state guests, but we'll right. see. And you got to remember, Disney World's got to, they have to do theirs based on including water parks, not including water parks. Yeah. Things like that. Right. Whereas they don't have that in Disneyland. You just have two parks, and that's pretty much all you have to choose from. Yep. So another thing that I heard pointed out that, that's interesting that I think will obviously come to Disney World as well. There's a there's a new restriction in the fine print that says you can only have three no-shows. So if you book a reservation and don't show up, if you do three of those, you are restricted for 30 days. You're basically on hold for 30 days 
for making another park reservation. So I, that's their way of, especially Disney World, I know because I'm guilty of it, booking a Hollywood Studios just so you can pull a rise or something like that, you don't show up. So that's they're going to have this limitation on Disney World, I guarantee it, as well, so that they know if you book a reservation, you're coming, or if you're not, you're going to get penalized for not showing up after three no-shows. They're going right. to suspend your account, essentially, or, or restrict you from booking another reservation for 30 days. So that basically takes a month off your annual pass if you do a bunch of no-shows. So that'll keep you from trying to hoard, you know, a popular... Like, if I had a Magic Kingdom for October 1st and I have no intention of going, I'm just holding it, uh, mm-hmm. I'll get penalized for that in the future. Uh, which I don't, right. by the way. But but I think that's a good thing for Disney in the sense that it op- it'll help open it up for other people so people won't try to hoard dates that they don't really intend on going. It's kind of like the dining reservations. People will just hoard those and then a few days before they'll let go of them because they know they aren't going to go but i think that's a good restriction overall to put on it that's that's a new one and someone pointed out i don't again i'm not as familiar with disneyland but there's no photo pass uh, mentioned here whereas i know Mm -hmm. disney world uh currently anyway it's included if they strip that out then that's another thing that they're losing value on well, what I think, I think with this being relatively new story or new breaking, I don't think we have all the details. So yeah, I feel like be. that's could be. probably going to be included. So Hopefully. We got the majority. We got the important stuff. Yeah. And I think another reason why Disney World's annual pass, I don't think the price is going to increase when it rolls out, is because they are getting ready to roll out the paid Fast Pass option, which I think... Hopefully, anyway, annual pass holders will get a chance to have like an add-on. I think that's what they're going to do is, is more like a la carte. You get to your base ticket stuff, and if you want to add this, you can add it to your annual pass for X amount. If you want to add some fast pass option or whatever they're going to call it in the future, um, you're going to have to pay for it. Or they're just going to make you pay when you get there, like they're doing in Paris, which would suck. <laughs> Gotcha. But I think that's going to happen. So, yeah. So, folks, just so you know, no existing pass holder rationalization going on here. Not not at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think the the price isn't really going to change, but I think the they're going to, you know, the oh, additional. The price is going to change. Well, eventually it'll go up, of course. But I'm talking about as of right now, I don't think the price is going to jump too much if it does. I think because. When's the last time a year went by and it didn't go up? Well, this year it hasn't gone up. Well, yeah, they didn't sell it. Well, as far as renewals, it didn't go up. All right. Jason bought one. They let him buy a new one. Right. Same price. Same price. Yeah. But I think they're I think they're prepping people for like this is a soft like, hey, look at these. This is great. Every it's the same price. We're we're giving you guys all this, you know, they're softening the blow for what's coming, which is ten dollars per person per fast pass for <laughs> coming something like that i mean it's not all renewals i mean they wouldn't let me renew mine from 11 years ago so (laughs) (laughs) if you sweet talked them enough you probably could all right real quickly as far as august goes the hall of presidents has now returned to operation 
The new show has remained unchanged from 2017, the only change being Biden's edition and, of course, Biden's speech. Right. Which is basically the swearing in. It's basically all he says. Someone made a really good observation about that, though, which no, a lot that. of... Yeah, I watched the I watched the show. But someone made an interesting observation because some news sources pointed out that the Trump animatronic looks better than it did when it was the speaking Trump. But I think what it actually is is that the animatronic for the current president is probably the same like body, but they because it has more movements, maybe the face wrapped around the head doesn't look as natural as the other ones that don't move as much. So what you're saying is they don't waste money on doing a whole new uh, expensive animatronic that moves and everything. They just... Yeah, they keep the same re- shell. Reusing it. <laughs> right. I think that's what they're doing, at least for the last, kind of. to the a last couple of updates. Because a lot of people yeah. are saying the Biden animatronic doesn't look as good as it should either. But I, I bet it's because this it's they're using the same animatronic they did for the Trump one. And they just changed the skin, essentially, which is kind of weird to think, talk about. But Yeah, I mean, it's going to be easier to have one that's going to just stand there and move. Right. They minim- just sort of minimally. move their head side to side like a stormtrooper yeah. at Rise of the Resistance, right? Right. Yeah. Matter of fact, this might even be a stormtrooper body here. That they have <laughs> Who knows? Available. It could be. That's so I think, I think that's why the current president animatronic, it moves better, but maybe doesn't look as good as the other's in the background that don't move as much because they don't have to. I think the face has to be more or less elastic, if that makes sense, because it talks, right? So, yeah. Let's see. It looks like apparently Halloween has arrived. Yes. At the it Magic is, Kingdom. It is August. To... So. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, that's what I think of. My pumpkins so are out start... already. Yeah, you start seeing pumpkins and uh, your pumpkins are out already. Yep. Uh, I happened to see you know, touring plans today at Magic Kingdom, and they showed a Small World. They're repainting like the inside. You know how the Walt Disney World Small World was all white, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like the, they're 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 painting it different colors now. Like the the clock and all that stuff is like dark blue, and there was some other colors. I'm trying to find the picture I saw, but I just thought, hey, they're actually finally making Small World look kind of more like the Disney land one, like better. Cause they figure it's the better version. Oh, it's definitely the better version. But other than the fact that you're in a trough in the, uh, Disney land version. Didn't we do that as a show once or did we just discuss it? Like when we took the attractions from each coast we and did. compared them, which one was better? Yeah, I think we did. Or did we yeah. just take, sele- or did we just take select ones? We may have done like select one. ones or something. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't remember if we compared Small World, but if we were going to, it would definitely be the West West Coast and that that yeah, West Coast I think wins. Overall, in that case. yes, yeah, I think overall, like there are things I like about the Disney World one better, but presentation wise, there's you can't beat the Disneyland one. I mean, it's it's yeah. gargantuan. Well, I mean the outside and the, just the fact that you start on it outside, I like yeah. that too. But I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, uh, just just real quick, I was watching a video on like the I think it was like a Martin Smith video or something on pirates. Just when I was watching mm-hmm. stuff, some classic stuff, mm-hmm. and I got to thinking when I was watching, I was like, oh. at the time that pirates was built, 
I never really realized that it was the first attraction of that scale or with that type of human-looking animatronics. Right, That's the yeah. very first one. Because right. I got to thinking about it, because back then I'm like, you know, we'd already, we were like desensitized because there was plenty of attractions in our era that yeah. had it. So when I, anytime I watched the creation of it, I wouldn't think, what's the big, you know, I would. I would yeah, it was see. groundbreaking. I liked it yeah. because it was pirates. But I was like, it just hit me. I was like, wow, that was the first time they had anything. Because before that, they had Small World's basically like dolls. Yeah. And the Tiki Room was, you know, birds. Right. So I'm like, this was the first attraction of this scale that's ever was ever built. And the funny yeah. thing about that is it still is a standard, really, a standard bearer even today. So pretty did cool. I, speaking of that, did I mention in my trip report last week that when I rode Pirates, the the mayor, I guess, is it the mayor that they're dunking in the well scene? Is it his wife that's in the window at the top? At the... Uh, yeah. So don't tell him, yeah. Carlos. Right. Don't be cheeking. Right. <laughs> so when we did pirates this last time, that animatronic was like it looked like you know when the Terminator had, loses its skin, and it's just the robot-looking pieces. Oh, yeah. So the animatronic of her, like she had, it was just. The window was slightly open, and it was like a Terminator robot <laughs> shell, whatever, like halfway it's sticking out the chicken. window. <laughs> it didn't talk like that scene. Like the 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 dialogue, I think, was cut out because it wasn't operating. But oh, but she like she it, you could see it hanging out of the window. I'm just like that's really odd. Like why would we see that? Why wouldn't they close it anyway? You totally missed that we're in the process of changing it over to the Terminator overlay. <laughs> I guess that so. That they were going right. to do. I'm just kidding, folks, of course. Yes. Speaking in the world of movies, I guess I could make that transition since yeah. we said Terminator. Go for it. Insiders blame Disney CEO Bob Chapek mm. for Scarlett Johansson. I like to call it Johansson, even though it's Johansson. Anyway, Black Widow lawsuit. For those that don't know that the lawsuit is over, she would have had incentives involving the box office right the box office returns yeah and disney refused to restructure the deal whenever they planned on doing uh hybrid yeah because of covid each side is making their case the official response to it they called it especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the covid19 pandemic so I reiterate that with now. Don't get me wrong. I this is right. billionaires versus millionaires. So exactly, I mean, right. it's really a small compared to the everybody else. Yeah, d- doesn't I mean, care. These are first world problems here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, very at much the, so. At the okay. Minimum. Right. But so go ahead. I mean, I would say being in her place, she has a point. I mean, yeah. Disney. When Disney makes a response like that. They're they're shifting it to why is she, you know, making this over COVID nineteen? Well, why are you refusing to rework the deal over it as well? Yeah, <laughs> why is it always why is it blamed to her? Yeah, I can see both sides. It's like there is, she does have a point, and again, she made like twenty million dollars just for doing the movie or something like that. I think that's what she was paid just to do the movie. Yeah, but. Rightfully so. She was offered, or it was in her deal that she was getting a cut of the box office or whatever it was. And because it's being released on Disney Plus at the same time, her cut is obviously going to be much lower because she's not getting any of the Disney Plus revenue. 
So, yeah, she has a valid point as why, you know, there's a lawsuit. Well, and two, there's an assumption being made here in a way that people were going to go to the box office in lieu of doing it on Disney Plus or watching it on Disney Plus. And the reason why I say that's an assumption is because the box office in general isn't exactly tearing it up right now. Right. right. There's been a standard that's been kind of set as to what what the expectations of of good numbers are. Now, I will say this. This past week, Jungle Cruise did actually quite well at the box office. Better than I think some people expected. Yeah. Very Um, nice. In comparison, but at the same time, it's also available on Disney+. Plus, So you have something to compare it to. So you got to question whether or not is it the fact that it was available on Disney Plus as far as Black Widow, or was it the level of interest wasn't really there to go see it at the box office? Could be. But here's some insider. I kept hearing that Bob Iger is very Mm -hmm. upset about all this because he did a really good job managing relationships with uh, actors and stars. In fact, I remember reading recently that he settled a dispute with David Muir and George Stephanopoulos at ABC News because they were kind of competing over who's the head honcho at ABC News, and Bob Iger settled that and, you know, made everything right between the two of them. So he's good at relationships, whereas Chapek doesn't seem to have that at all. And the fact that Disney is just sort of dismissing this is like, eh, it's sad and blah, blah, blah. I think that shows how Chapek maybe not so great at the relationship building thing. And now you're basically never going to have Scarlett Johansson in another Marvel movie probably over this. So you've just outed mm-hmm. that and, you know, maybe upset potentially others involved in the movie and Marvel and damage some relationships right. there that might hurt in the future. Right. So, yeah, I was, I was going to say this, this article, the way we started this, I know we started talking about the lawsuit itself, but this was about, you know, Disney insiders blame Bob Chapik for this. Right. But as you were saying, this is a good example of him not being, wanting to change this because it looks as though, they blame his inexperience with handling talent, and he didn't think this one would come about or it wouldn't blow up in his face in this matter, which is not to say... The thing is, we're not even sure it has blown up in his face, and as anyone who's ever listened to this show knows, I'm not a defender of Bob Chapik by any means. I just call things like I see it. There's a lawsuit, yes, but that's doesn't mean it's blown up in his face yet. That's a little premature. <laughs> yeah. Because they're still making plenty of money off of this movie. It is reported, though, that Kevin Feige is upset by the lawsuit Mm -hmm. because he initially was against the simultaneous release as well. And, of course, he wants to rectify the situation with Johansson. Yeah, if you want to make another Black Widow, I think you've got to make it right with her at some point, right? I mean, you can can replace her, sure, but it's not going to be consistent. Right. Let's get to the Star Wars story. Yeah. I think that's probably the the biggest or the most news, we should say. Yes. Stuff that people really want to know, because we've been hearing about this for quite some time. Of course. That this was coming, and we didn't know the... Galactic Star Cruiser. A stay (laughs) at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Yep. First of all, it does guarantee you entry into Rise of the Resistance. Yes. Assuming the ride is operating, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. It says front of the line access to both of the Galaxy's Edge attraction, by the way. Right. 
So, so I mean, if sense. that's what you're interested in, then yeah. Basically, you get a magic band. <laughs> yeah, you get a magic band. That was a big one, though, is because people are there. People are all about rice still at the moment, so that's right. still kind of a big one, right? Yeah. So here's where the the shock will come in. Is how badly do you want to guarantee your spot to Rise of the Resistance? <laughs> sure. And Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. I mean, you'll you'll guarantee that one too. Yeah. Not that you needed to, but you will. Anyway, we got an example. A three-day itinerary, what it might look like. We have that. Day one, arrive at Terminal 1 p.m. I was going to say, so according to this schedule, you have about 45 hours for this entire experience. 45 hours. Experience, yeah. This is similar to that of a cruise ship, so you have basically a schedule. Yes. (laughs) No free free time. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, I think some of these have multiple options, but yeah. I mean, you kind of... I watched the video that Disney put out about this, and there's like, yeah, you can stick to the schedule, or you can just sort of sit back and watch certain things happen. You don't have to be a part of everything, that kind of thing. But yeah, there's flexibility. Okay, I'm gonna run through the examples right quick. Arrive at one. Yeah. Launch launch pod to the Star Cruiser one fifteen to one thirty. Ship orientation one forty five to two fifteen. This almost sounds like a college schedule. Um, let's <laughs> right. see. Light refreshments, 3 p.m. to 3.30. Sabak lessons mm-hmm. from 3.30 p.m. to 4 p.m. Interesting. You know, that's just an example on a right. day one. And a day two has stuff like breakfast, 7 to 8. Transport to Batu, 8.15 to 8.25. Yeah. Rise of the Resistance, 8.45 to 9.30. Which I thought was interesting because Rise doesn't typically open until at least 9, so you would obviously get on before anybody else so you could be first on. yeah i think that's the idea yeah yeah right a story moment and they say for example you might broker a deal for a heist arrange <laughs> to steal a ship from the first order right. something like that yeah so i mean they give another day three example breakfast launch pod to terminal at early in the morning so you get an early departure very similar to a cruise ship yeah just you're getting a galactic cruise ship sure so Let's get down to the fun part. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the pricing Yikes. per night that we're looking at. Somewhere between ouch and boing. <laughs> right. As well as the different cabin amenities. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is based on two guests per cabin, right? $1,209 per guest per night. Yikes. Or you would call that a four thousand eight hundred and nine dollar voyage total. Yeah. Keep in mind that this is only. I mean, we'll say what this includes, right? This is yeah. we're going to we're going to say that based on on that price. So that would I'm going to go ahead and go and say that if you did three guests, that would reduce the amount per guest per night. However, your overall cost is still five thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> yep. Four guests, again, reduced per guest per night, but still $5,999. So $6,000 roughly if you want four people in your cabin. Yeah. Your tiny cabin as far as it looks like too, by the way. For 45 Um, hours of entertainment. $6,000 for 45 hours. Because the only thing that that includes, by the way, that includes admission to Disney's Hollywood Studios, you know, because of your excursion. Not any of the other parks. Right. Yep. Just Hollywood Studios. And because of your excursion. I you have such a limited window. I guess you could leave Galaxy's Edge if you wanted to. But 
you have to get back on your ship at some point. So <laughs> technically, I guess you could your go ride Slinky Dog, but you may not have enough time to wait in line before you're due back on your ship, right? I mean, assuming yes, you have shuttle. to get back on your ship before it departs. Exactly right. I mean, right. So you better you better have your <laughs> passport with you just in case. Right. Exactly. Your galactic passport. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work, but I imagine you got to be back at a certain time on the shuttle to get back to, you know, the Galactic Star Cruiser. So you're not going to have enough time to go out and do something. Maybe I was like, I could probably go to baseline, but hang out there and then, you know, come back. And then you're, you'll forget to go back to your ship. (laughs) Well, not at baseline, but (laughs) I get what you mean. But yeah, 45 hours, you're not going to want to do anything else because you're paying a crap ton of money for 45 hours of entertainment for just this experience. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's just go say what each voyage includes right quick. Okay. Two nights stay in the cabin. Of course you have the ongoing immersive interactive entertainment that are going on, you know, during the cruise. Sure. We'll say the star cruise Mm -hmm. food and beverages on the star cruiser, excluding alcohol, of course. Yes, of course. Of course. So there is that, at least it is including your food similar to what a, regular cruise does so i guess there's that you even get one at docking bay seven so on your excursion to batu you can have a free meal at (laughs) docking bay seven right so what i would hope is similar to a cruise ship that the included food and beverages in the actual star cruiser would be very good quality (laughs) as, as is akin to what it is on like right Disney Cruise Line, for the longest time, I'm sure the other cruise lines have caught up a good bit, but for the longest time, the food on a Disney cruise compared to another cruise line was just, there was no comparison. It's still really good food. Well, Um, of course, just like cruise ships, they have the captain's table, which is an additional cost for food, right? So you have the included food, but you also have the option of an extra... Uh, well, I mean, there's options for extra, but there's no, like, captain's table on a Disney cruise. Well, I'm just saying that it's called the captain's table here to start cruiser, but it's, it's oh, the dining gotcha, experience gotcha. that's an extra fee. So you're comparing that to Palo. something similar to, like, a Palo yeah, right. or a uh, Remy. Right. Yeah, or something Basically. along those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got you. And like I said, the one quick service meal at Docking Bay 7, because the only reason why you're getting a quick service meal there is because I guess you're only spending the one day there. Whatever. I mean, it looks what it looks like as part of your experience in Galaxy's Edge. So, again, it includes admission to Hollywood Studios for your excursion to Galaxy's Edge. That's the sole purpose. Valet parking, um, which that (laughs) seems kind of odd to throw that in there. Yeah. Because it kind of ruins the whole uh, illusion now, doesn't it? It says valet parking. Well, it's valet parking at at the entry point, the port of entry, whatever you want to call it. Right. You have to you have to park your your own personal uh, ship. Yeah, your own speeder. <laughs> your own speeder. Yeah. Exclusive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser data ban known on your home planet as a magic ban. Oh, Lord. Which again, it's like okay, we're trying to phase these out, but let's give them something free. Let's, let's throw these. We got tons of them. Let's give them a free magic ban. Now, of course, this price you know it varies depending on what your party needs are obviously like what how the ages you know for adults and children and so on and so forth yep so i mean it gives you gives you a range what we just told you though ideas and by the way this price is the starting price for like the basic it's 
probably right. going to be more than that on most occasions. So just to give you a rundown of that, there is a standard cabin, right? Because there's yeah. three types of rooms you can choose from. A standard cabin, which would have, it says it can sleep four to five. Configuration is a queen bed, two berths or bunk beds for one adult each, and a wall pull-down bed for one adult, if sleeping five. Whoa. Cabin would have the usual stuff, mini fridge, hair dryer, and cabin, you know, all the usual stuff that they would have sure. in that, on a standard cabin. I don't see the dimensions, but everything I've seen suggests that is almost like a cruise ship-esque dimensions. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you have Galaxy Class Suite. Which, interestingly enough, doesn't sleep as many, but it is considered to be like a one-bedroom. A queen bed, a two-wall pull-down, and, of course, the other usual amenities, right? Yep. Then we have a grand captain suite, which is kind of the comparison to a two-bedroom, which can sleep eight. They still don't look like the largest things in the world, but you'll be able to fit more people in it. So it has two queen beds, two berths, and two wall pull-down beds. So, yeah. Right. Of course, like we said, they all include the usual stuff, mini fridge, hair dryer, safe, phone, TV, all that good stuff. I'm wondering what kind of TV you're going to be able to watch in there. Like, I'm sure they'll have a different <laughs> right. set. Like, you like you know when you walk into a regular Disney hotel now, you have yeah. the, the Disney TV. Right. I doubt they'll have, like, the park hours or anything like that. Yeah. It says interactive TV, didn't it say that? So there's probably... They'll probably create something for it, yeah. It should be kind of neat as far as what they do to make it Star Wars, like to feel like you're immersed. Right. That should be pretty neat. So, Adam, when are you going to book your uh, Star Cruise? Well, I think I'm going to hold out because I think I will be able to go to actual space for less money in a couple of years. So, the way space this, travel you know is what? going. Yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. Elon Musk has already... Yeah. Jeff Bezos, I'm I'm just waiting until they make it cheaper than Disney to go to actual space, and then maybe this will be affordable. I don't know, but yeah. And then I didn't. I see. I think Ashton Kutcher recently uh, canceled his, so you might can get in on his. Yeah. See, there's always that possibility that I can get picked <laughs> as an alternate uh, for one of right. the billionaires going to space. So he missed his spot. Yeah. This I may have a better shot than than going here. No, okay, in all seriousness, I probably will not do this anytime soon, but it does look cool. I will look forward to seeing people's vlogs about it and whatnot because I watched the stuff that Disney put out where they had this table discussion about it. I could read between the lines that there's some cool stuff where they developed this the same time they did Galaxy's Edge, so this is not like trying to add on. This was developed at the same time. So the story of, say, Smuggler's Run is you get to continue that story on the ship, on the Star Cruiser, and vice versa, like, back and forth. Like, there's stuff you can do on Smuggler's Run that you won't be able to do unless you're on the Star Cruiser, right? Or, or, you know, like the Coaxium you steal, they, they talk about you can actually give it to somebody on the star cruiser or somebody will ask you to steal it for them or the, you know things like that so in rise of the resistance they talked about being part of the same story so i wondered in rise of the resistance is the galactic star cruiser ship somewhere out there when you're going through and you see out into space and the ships are out there fighting or whatever 
I wondered yeah, if interesting. I yeah. wondered if it's there. I'm gonna have to look for it. Uh, I wonder if there'd be like a connection hiding it. Yeah, they hint in the video that Ray and Kylo Ren are basically gonna have a duel at some point, and you get to watch it or something like that. They were they were hinting at you get to be in the scene with them as they're dueling or whatever. So hmm. there's there's going to be some things that they haven't talked about but they're hinting at that are going to be really cool. But again, it's not worth that to me because like if it was just me going by myself maybe, but dragging my family into all this who they don't care about Star Wars at all. Right, I right. don't think it's worth the extra $800 per person per day or 750 right. that I'm going to have to shell out. So... If we did a podcast trip, maybe, maybe I would shell out the. Well, I got to thinking. I was yeah. like, on a regular basis, I don't even know if I spend this much money just on a regular trip. Yeah. Ever. I mean, maybe once. Right. <laughs> but, but I don't think I normally. Right. I don't even think I've come close to this amount. Right. And this is just for this experience. Well, I think Jason, if he was here, he would he would mention the fact that he spent less than this on a VIP tour. And now you can do Rise of the Resistance, I, I think, anyway, uh, where you can do that yeah, on we, the VIP we tour. Think. Right. You could also just spend this for seven hours for a VIP tour and probably have just as much fun. As, well, again, it won't right. be Star Wars-centric, but this is really cool, don't get me wrong. If Disney invited us yeah. on a media preview, I would totally go, but yeah, paying out of pocket right now, I just don't, especially, like, I don't know, maybe by myself or with... Like if we did a trip, like we said, podcast trip, I would mm-hmm. do it. But my family are not going to get the money's worth out of this. They're not going to care yeah. about any of this. Well, you know, if we did a if we did like a podcast trip and then just did this, yeah, we could split the cost three ways. Yeah, and that would make it more I mean, it would, manageable. It would still be really expensive for what it is. Yeah, I think Pete from the Diz he did like if you did a concierge suite on a three night cruise, it was still less than this. For wow, for uh, the dream, so yeah. <laughs> it was still or the equivalent wow. or very close to the same price. There you go. And this is probably just the initial pricing because if just like they did with the wish, they the initial selling on that one was astronomical yeah. as far as the pricing. So this is might just be the same way. Maybe they feel like they're going to have a lot of people that are willing to pay whatever they want to just to say they were the first. Right. Oh, the <laughs> to first. Do this. this is going to seem like yeah. a huge success initially. But yeah, I know there's only like 100 rooms or so, 130 maybe. I forgot exactly what the number was. It's not a lot. It's very small compared to you know others. But I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to be able to sustain this type of pricing. That's what I was thinking. It's like yeah, the Star Wars fans and the 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 media hype and all that. It's going to be huge for the first month or two, where people are just going to be like flooding this, trying to get it, mm-hmm. and it's going to be sold out and everything. But after a few months, unless they change the experience that much, which I don't think they're going to, it's just too expensive for just everybody to go do this over and over again, especially every three mm-hmm. days. You're not going to be like, hey, we just did this last month, but we're going to shell out another six grand and do it again. You know, it's like you're not going to have a lot of repeat customers, I don't think. Mm mm. This is like a once in a lifetime experience at this yeah, that's <laughs> at this right. Cost. <laughs> so I don't know a year in like they're going to be like 
fifty percent off rates for this, like I, to keep just to book it, you know. I think they're really overestimating the amount of money the average Star Wars fan makes. Um, well, I mean, I think every Star overall. Wars fan would want to do this once, but would they want to pay that? Uh, I think a lot. Or will. could they? Well, they've given him a year to save up because I believe it's, didn't it say August 20th, 2022 is the first voyage? Right. I think it was. Well, like I said, there's always going to be somebody who's going to do this no matter what it costs. They were going to do this no matter, I mean, they would, they would mortgage their house to do this if they had to. I mean, there was some people who was just that, that crazy about it. But at this price tag, I'm going to have to see what that first voyage, we'll call it, (laughs) looks like. Before I would consider paying that kind of money. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And it does say on the website it's a 100-cabin Star Cruiser. So 100 rooms, I'm sure a few of those are suites or the other you know, the other categories. Mm-hmm. I'd say the majority of them, though, are probably the standard room that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Standard cabin. So I just don't see. I don't see this lasting long term. At this price? Yeah. I just don't see it. We'll see. They're going to have to cut the experience like in half to justify lowering the price, I'm sure. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't don't see it working long term. Well, here's the other thing. How many of the things that they have available on this uh, when it first, this first cruise is going to still be working uh, in six months? That's a good point too, right? (laughs) Everything has to work. Like the, the windows, like are you, you know, is, is it loop? Are you going to literally have to, you know, is it going to break down and you just see like a blue screen of death outside? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I say this, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a smart aleck about it, but let's just say Disney has a history of opening big and then something breaks or yeah. doesn't work like it's supposed to. And it just stays that way all the time. <laughs> right. What is the Yeti going to be for the Galactic right. Star Cruiser? Yeah. You got the Yeti. How many times did you go through Splash Mountain and something wasn't functioning the way it was supposed to? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> I mean, especially the see? the little jumping uh, bear yeah. rabbit, which I mean, there was seemed like a even if it even if it wasn't that one, there was always something I noticed that wasn't functioning like it was supposed to. Right. Yeah. So, speaking seems, again, this just popped into my head too. I don't think I mentioned it last week on Rise of the Resistance. I think I mentioned the lightsaber, the Kylo Ren thing wasn't working, but the timing got off when we went through the gun room, you know, where the the space battle's going on outside. So by the time our vehicle got to the end of the room, I I was watching the screens and the screens reset before we exited the room. So it was like a space battle and then it reset and then it was like nothing and then it was like you could see the space but the battle wasn't going on while it was waiting for the next uh, group to come in. So I okay. guess the timing got off a little bit, and I I got to see the screens reset, but I just thought that was interesting. So again, little glitches like that are probably going to happen. Yeah. On this too. So. We'll see. All right. So I mean, that was a bit of a long news yeah. segment that we had there, but we want we have a There's a, lot a segment. About. Yeah, that I've been yeah. wanting to do because we we did one. How many episodes back was it? It was a while back for the haunted mansion. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to end this episode doing another attraction that I thought had some interesting history to it, and uh, that would be Rock and Roller Coaster, yeah. featuring or starring 
Aerosmith. And right? it just had an anniversary a few weeks. The last 29th. week. Last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah July 29th, 1999 was the day that it opened. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is that it was actually originally planned to open when Sunset Boulevard opened. That's the, that was what they were hoping for, right. which was 1994. Right. Yeah. But Disney had a few problems yeah. during that time period. Mm-hmm. Like, say, opening an entire park in Europe that bombs. <laughs> yeah. Some financial issues there. Right, yeah. It kind of, you know, affected their budget a little bit during that time period. Yeah. I guess the big thing with this is they had their roller coaster that they wanted to do. They wanted to theme it to rock and roll. When they were doing this, they wanted to get a band to feature in it, right? Right, yeah. So the band that they really wanted the first time, originally wanted, was the Rolling Stones. I mean, they were thinking, I could see that. who better... Sure. Yeah, who better that's simple that exemplifies what rock and roll yeah. was at that point in time? Longevity than the Rolling Stones. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith Richards, he will be here with the cockroaches whenever the nuclear holocaust <laughs> sure. comes. Yeah, you know, that sort of thing. He just survives, so, right? Yeah. And the Beatles are too expensive. I'm assuming, but of course, yeah. Well, see, I don't. It, I I never saw any mention that they tried. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, too. They're probably Maybe too they, big anyway to go after. Yeah. And, and maybe they figured the Beatles music really didn't yeah, like not you know, tempo fit with going. Other I'm, than I'm Helter Skelter, of... maybe. That'd be the only song you could do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I guess that would work. Yeah, that'd be the only yeah, one. We can we could probably go through and you know think Find what tracks couple. would you do if it was this band? I'm, well really what tracks would you do if it was the Stones now that I think about it? I mean, I don't yeah. have quite a few, but there's a few maybe. I don't think, think it, I don't think it would have had the same satisfaction you know, to it. Yeah. Anyway. But um Here's the thing. Yeah. When Disney approached them, they wanted $10 million a year to yeah. use their likeness and six songs. There's no way it would generate yes. that much revenue. Yeah, yeah. And Disney was like, yeah, we're it's not going to end up being worth it for us. Yeah. So, of course, Disney had decided to move forward with plans to do it without any band at that point. Yeah. Because they did have a backup plan that they were just going to do, you know, li- music that they could get licensed. You know right. what I mean? Just licensed music that they could get sure. something with a general general license that they right. were going to use. You know, just make it, you know, theme it to rock and roll. Maybe 50s, 60s, 70s, you know. Yeah. Just a, a, that a actually project. would be kind of cool to interchange, like, different styles. And yeah. Different, if they yeah. ever needed to or wanted to, they could go back to that plan, I would think. It's yeah. a good fallback plan. Of course, the eras that they were going to use, I mean, we're talking 20 years have gone by. There's been two more decades that we could add into it. <laughs> That's true. Since then. But their second choice, history suggests, we'll put it that way. Some yeah. of this is, of course, speculation and rumor because yeah, yeah. we didn't actually ask Disney this, was U2, actually, hmm. was who they approached. I could see that. They're, they have longevity as well. Sure. I guess that makes sense. So it's reported, though, that Bono had no interest in partnershiping with Disney. Was the was what happened there? He had absolutely no interest in being involved in that. So I could see that too, yeah. right? <laughs> being, mm-hmm. being a a thing. Sure. So uh, here we go. It's coming down. June of nineteen ninety eight comes around. Track is complete. The building's complete. Yeah. They don't have a band signed. Huh. It, <laughs> so it is reported that uh, Kiss was approached. I don't know mm-hmm. at what point in this. 
but there was not an actual amount given, but they said similar to the Rolling Stones, the asking price was too steep. Just too high, yeah. They said it was comparable with, to, to the Rolling Stones offer, wow. so I'm assuming it was in that same range, yeah. right? Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So it just so happens that during this time period that Disney is already working with Aerosmith because Aerosmith is working on the soundtrack for... Uh, Armageddon. Oh yeah, that's right. Which is mm-hmm. yeah, it, Don't that was miss 1998. Yeah. yeah, which turned out to be Aerosmith's only number one single in their entire history huh. of their music. Wow. wow, was I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, makes sense. So you know, you know, Disney's kind of on the fence about using them to start with because they're like you know because they had not exactly had. They, they looked like they were on the downhill side of their career at this point because it was just beginning. That's what it seemed like. But then yeah. they have a number one single, and they're like, you know what? Let's go with these guys. Let's let's see what we can do with them. So they approach Steven Tyler. Yeah. He loves the idea huh. to to uh, not to take a line out of the attraction. Wait a minute. I love that idea. <laughs> I wonder if it's really, really sad. They just put that in the thing yeah. in the attraction. Maybe they just recorded their first conversation with him, and they're like, "Wait, a minute. I love <laughs> that idea." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the amount that they were willing to do it for was reportedly a tenth of what the Rolling Stones asked. So just to give you an idea of that, so a million dollars a year. So Disney's like, "Hey, we can work with that." <laughs> yeah, that sounds more feasible, definitely. <laughs> and that's for eight songs. Wow. Yeah. And their only request was to include a song off of their latest album, which is one of the reasons why one of the recordings in the ride is not as well-known as the others, that being the Nine Lives track from their you know, album, Nine Lives, uh, that was released in 1997. So that was the last album they... That was the latest album they had out at that point right, in time. Right, right. Okay. And of course, they had to uh, re-record and redo certain lyrics of some of their um, classic songs to a degree. So they kind of... You know, they went to the studio and did a little bit of recording for this, uh, for the mixes on this. For instance, uh, the one track involves the last song in it being Love in an Elevator. Yes. And they're singing that part. Yeah. And at the very end, they kind of just add that Love in a Roller Coaster part to the very right. end. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, obviously so it's not part of the example. song, the regular song. Right. And, of course, he has to lay down stuff like the the launch, the three, two, one. Which, you know, has to lay that stuff down. You know, I thought I've always thought that in that launch right there when they have him count down, I thought it would be really cool if at the beginning of at least one of the tracks they would have him do his, you know, sure, you know, for the launch. Why not? That's probably the best I've ever done that. Anyway, is it okay? Yeah, the best I've ever pulled that off. Okay, good. Sounded great. Anyway, fun fact here: the music equipment. In the pre-show area, yeah. so you know the pre-show right. where we get to see, backstage like how we were just referencing, yeah. backstage passes. Yeah, yeah. So all that equipment that's out there in front was actually donated by Aerosmith, huh. or a good bit of it, hmm. including the Black, the Black Les, Les Paul. Paul. That's is <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, early on in the working days of this attraction, they would actually have a cast member whenever that line says, Chris, can you grab my Black Les Paul? They actually have a cast member go in there and get the guitar and just walk out the door for that brief seconds right. or whatever. I guess they, just to add effect, I guess. I don't know. But um, right. 
it's not really needed and necessary, and they probably just realize that it it works without it. In other words, yeah, <laughs> like you don't like everyone's already out of the room by the time somebody walks in. Nowadays, they yeah, are. it's like no yeah. one's gonna stick around. So, yeah, let's see. There's some other stuff I'm gonna get to, but opening ceremony, as we said, was July 29th, 1999. The guests in attendance had the privilege of actually riding the with the band members. So you know, back in it was invitation only for the event, but back in those days, it was not the same as it is now <laughs> right. as far as when they do an attraction. Sure. Right. So like they had invitation only for that. And like I said, some of the guests in attendance had the privilege of riding with the band. It was reported that Steve Tyler and Joe Perry rode it 12 times that day Yeah. before actually leaving. So wow. yeah, I heard that they, they did it a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. They apparently loved the ride. Yeah. I've so. seen videos stealing Steven Tyler there like just a few years ago. Yeah, he goes back um, and does it every so once yeah, in a while. He, yeah. yeah, he was signing autographs and everything out there. So, And that was him in, like, what, mid-70s still doing it? Yeah. He was, loving or, it. So. Yeah, I think he was, like, 68 at the time or 70. Yeah. Whatever it was. I don't know. Whatever he is now. I mean, I know he's yeah. he's he's uh, in that range. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I think he – actually, you know what? He's probably not mid I think he's actually the same age as my mom. Okay. So, 73, 4. No. The equipment in the queue – by the way, is also from several different eras of Aerosmith history. He's 73, by the way. I just looked it up. Sorry. Go ahead. 73. So I knew they were in the yeah. same age range. Yeah, the equipment in the queue is from several different areas, eras of Aerosmith. The hand gesture, if we want to talk about that, yeah. that became a point. Uh, what was that, four or five years ago that, that yeah. happened? Yeah. It's funny that it took that many years for it to become a point of contention. Yeah. Somebody like pointed it out. Yeah. They uh, did decide to make a change based on that. Right. <laughs> so... Let's just say that. That's basically um, when he's saying, wait a minute, I love that idea. Yeah, he puts so it over his forehead. Doing that, yeah. So they just easily uh, cropped in a finger, pretty much, <laughs> is what they did. Finger, yeah, or something, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember so, Steven yeah. Tyler posting on Twitter about that, and he basically, I think he was wearing a hat with the word on it <laughs> or something, and he was just like, yeah. Not very subtle. I, I remember the picture. I, yeah. Let's get into some of the specs right quick, okay? So the ride vehicles, they are 1962 Cadillac. Oh, yeah, right. The launch is from 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds. I actually used to have a shirt that said that, too. It said all right. kind of stuff. But on isn't it actually like 57? I don't think it's well, 60. I mean, it's probably roughly 57, 58, probably. Yeah, but I, I mean, think you it's know, 57. 0 to 60, you, they always round all of these things off. Right. I mean, it's... You know, I got to thinking about it. It's, it's At the time that this was built, it was one of the fastest launches. It still does pull some of the uh, highest Gs uh, uh, for a launch. Yeah, know? it's a fast launch. But Tron is going to be slightly faster when it opens, so... The... 5Gs that mm. you experience at the launch are comparable to a jet taking off from a um, aircraft carrier. Yeah. So that's what that would be compared to. So I mean, it's actually pretty, pretty, um, pretty good. Yeah. Nowadays, so, though, a Tesla can go zero to sixty in like two seconds. So that's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, like two and a half okay. seconds. That's true. The same. But again. Like I said, in in the time period, yeah, I mean, it was actually fast, yeah. fairly, yeah. 
So each ride vehicle has its own soundtrack, of course, and it has a license plate that's in the back of the vehicle, so you really couldn't see which one you're going to get ahead of time. So right. you can only see which... You can look at the back of it if you know which one it is and say, hey, I know what they're listening to. Yeah, right. As right. it's about to launch. So it tells you what soundtrack it is, is what you're saying, based on the back of the car. Basically, yes. The license plate has, say, for instance, they they're, they say things like the first one here is one quick limo. So it's actually one Q-K-L-I-M-O. You know, it's like you would do if, oh, with okay. a customized tag, right, you know, right. that sort of thing. Okay. And that one has uh, the Nine Lives track that we were just talking about. There's one of them, this You Go Babe, which they actually changed later to You Go Girl. I guess they thought that Babe was probably, you know, not the best language to use. So they changed it to You Go Girl later. Yeah. Um, but that one is Live in the Elevator and Walk This Way. Okay, okay. And then when they have one that basically just spells out buh bye that's uh, the combination of Young Lust, F-I-N-E, and Love in an Elevator. <laughs> then they got one that's H-A-T-R-F-F-C, basically saying hate traffic. Yeah. And then uh, it has Back in the Saddle slash Dude. Oh, yeah. Is also that's probably would that be one. my favorite of the... Yeah, that one's pretty cool because the Back in the Saddle at the beginning especially. Yeah. yeah. It was the one we used to get all the time back in the day. We didn't even know there was other songs for the longest time. And then the last one on here is Too Fast For You, as in four and then the letter U. Of course, then two is also the number. But Sweet Emotion is the track for that one. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. They do have a sixth limo, just in case the, they have one that breaks down sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So in general, they have these five in rotation pretty much the whole time, which seems kind of difficult to do you think that doesn't seem like it's enough to have five limos on there at one time but maybe it does work out that way who knows well i've noticed slinky dog has five mine train also has five so they can do it it's small tracks but they can do it yeah 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 well let's see we one plus we don't know like behind the scenes if there's a like a holding place for the vehicle before it comes around the corner it's waiting to see if the you know what i mean right well you know there's at least there's one at the launch there's one at the load mm-hmm. loading station. Mm-hmm. There's at least right. one at the unload, and then maybe one yep. in between the unload and the, and then the one on the track. There is there is at least a one, break run, halfway in. Mm-hmm. So they could yep. stop there if needed. So yeah, yeah. The the timing the timing on it is usually pretty good. I don't mm-hmm. I mean I don't recall having to wait long, and you know it seems to be around the same time. It's very rare that you have to wait longer. Yeah. At any of those points where it stops, but yeah, the timing on it's pretty quite quite good. Every now and then, I've gotten held at the exit tunnel briefly before you get to the exit exit. Like there's another train at the exit, but it's not so backed up or anything that you feel like are going to mm-hmm. get hit by another train. But mm-hmm. yeah, Uncle Joe Benson was the original DJ used on it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then the current voice, had, I can't remember how long. Bill Uncle Joe Benson was. Uh, he was an L.A. D, uh, disc jockey that was used uh, for the beginning, but they changed him not too long after the opening. And the current voice is Bill St. James, which uh, anyone who ever listened Sunday morning to uh, the national radio program Flashback, mm-hmm. they will recognize his voice because he did that for a number of years. Yeah, the guy's voice is familiar, but maybe I just know it from this. <laughs> this. Look, at Steven Good, Tyler's head. Possible. Yeah. All right, so more specs. It has three inversions, up to 5Gs of force. It is actually the most intense ride at Walt Disney World, which is not really, you know, 
it's pretty easy to figure that one out when you <laughs> yeah. see what else there is. But right, definitely. Fun fact here as well, and if you think about it, it's pretty obvious. Only coaster at Walt Disney World that features inversions. There is no other coaster that has inversions. Yep. Created by Vacoma. At least I've always, that's the way I've always pronounced it. I think I'm saying it right. 3,403 feet long, max height of 80 feet. Yeah. Cobra roll, one corkscrew. Basically, right after the launch, you go right into the Cobra roll, right? The first. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, with everything being in the dark and you first start to go upside down, I think, you know, because in my mind, I was thinking I was going into a loop. And I even still thought of that after I got off the first time. Yeah. It was only after I learned it was a Cobra roll that I paid attention to what I was doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. To how my, I was moving. Yeah. It's hard to know until you're trying to really focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I was thinking, oh, I went upside down. So I'm thinking loop. But no, it was actually yeah. a Cobra roll. Oh, yeah. Right. Which is still kind of cool to me yep. to think of it that way. But anyway, linear. Induction. What is it? Yeah. Motors yeah. are actually used for the launch. That was pretty inventive at the time. Yep. And that's also where I get the launch forces about the same as the launch off of an aircraft carrier, as I already mentioned. Yeah. The speakers, they have two tweeters and a mid-range in the headset and then a subwoofer underneath. Uh, so, I mean, if you ever wanted to know about how many speakers. Uh, if you had to guess about the price tag on it, what would you say the price tag on it Gosh, was? Gosh, $19.98, $99. Uh, yeah. We don't know exactly. Know. We just know what it's rumored to be, really. I mean, nowadays you're talking billions for... Right. Uh, I would <laughs> Some say of them, yeah. like 50 million or something. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. 50 million is actually what it's rumored to be. Oh, yeah. okay. Good job. I was just, I just, I was just <laughs> guessing. I was trying to think 20 years ago, what would be a lot. Right. Now, in case you haven't noticed in the queue, you know, you have the rumor it has like posters of artists and probably yeah. one of the reasons why you'd think why are they putting these in here because in some cases it's not the most famous in the world because the ones they're allowed to put in there have already ties at that particular point in time to disney right Uh, so basically all they have now are disney owned hollywood records artists (laughs) uh, i see that makes sense can you think if you don't recognize who it is that you're seeing in there that's the reason why (laughs) that makes sense i get it uh, now, back in the day, they had, when this first started, they actually had some that you would recognize, like Britney Spears, for instance. They had her in there. You know, uh. but Disney, the ties to Disney and music artists, not the most notable ones lately or in recent years. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Like, you don't recognize who these artists are. Yeah, I never really paid attention. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. So It has a reputation, and I never thought about it, but it made sense to me when I heard this. It has a reputation as being one of the smoothest launch coasters. When it comes to launches. It is very smooth, yeah. And I got to thinking about the launch coasters I had been on. So I was like, of the ones that I've been on, yes, it is the smoothest. When I got, when I got to yeah. thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I don't know what it is about launch coasters that aren't particularly smooth. Well, one of the launch coasters that I've been on is the Hulk, but it goes straight into a turn. So it yeah. is, I think it. if there's any smoothness near, there at all, I think that kind of takes your focus off of it. Yeah. Because that coaster is very intense. Right. Overall. Yeah. 120 speakers for the 24 guests that it will hold. I think that pretty much wraps up the facts on it right there. I don't think I have anything else really to add as far as the facts on it go. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much is the skinny of rock and roller coasters. I thought there were some interesting facts in there, which is why I wanted to kind of cover it. And we had done these before. And it was just past the birthday of it, anniversary. It's been 22 years, and Aerosmith is still in it. Although they have removed their merchandise from the shop, which were led to some rumors a couple of years ago 
right. as to whether or not they were planning on replacing them, but I don't see... Yeah, the only clone of it that I know of is Disneyland Paris. It has at the Studios Park, and it has closed to make room for a Marvel-themed overlay of it. Right. So I do wonder if in the future they would try to do something similar. Maybe not Marvel, because... Florida can't really do that necessarily, depending on what it is, because they already have Guardians at Epcot, so I don't know what they would do there, but I don't right. know. I feel like at some point, they're going to drop Aerosmith, and they're going to go with something that's already IP-based. Well, if if they're going to do it, it's going to be during the current CEO's reign. Yes, it would definitely change. be. So look for it in the next few years. <laughs> yeah. That's going to happen. Well, I hope they don't get rid of the ride itself, because it is... It's, Fine. Yeah, I don't think they ever would. They would yeah, just retheme it. But again, to yeah. save the million dollars a year, if they're still paying that, that 22 years later, yeah, I think they would probably just make it the East Coast version of Incredicoaster, for example, or something, and do yeah. like a, something like that. Well, I mean, I got to thinking about you know the bands we talked about that could have potentially been the the ones that they were going to do it. I got to thinking about each of those bands, like what tracks would use, and it just didn't seem didn't feel right. Maybe right. it's because we already had Aerosmith though, but right. Aerosmith just seems to be perfect. Like their style of music seems to be perfect to do this to. Yeah, the the tempo and how you know a lot of the tracks are. Yeah, the choices they kind of yeah. fit. Yeah. Again, I was like I was saying, you couldn't think of Rolling Stones songs, but their second choice, if they'd even done it, U2, what U2 songs would you use that fit that? Yeah. I mean, their, their style of music don't even fit doing an intense coaster. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. I mean, you could probably wedge something in there, but it wouldn't, I don't know it would fit as well as Aerosmith did, but I, I think at some point they're just going to drop the whole rock and roll everything. Because it does feel a little, I think that whole corner of Hollywood Studios doesn't feel as Disney. I mean, I would say Tower of Terror is probably more so, but Rock and Roller Coaster never really, to me, felt like a Disney kind of thing. Just because it's, you know, Aerosmith isn't known as their, like, family-friendly uh, band. Most of, the, most of their songs, even the songs in the ride, aren't very family-friendly if you listen to them. Right. Young Lust, well, I- for example. Um Love an elevator. I can't remember exactly how he put the line. Is you know they talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and then they took you know of course they were sober, so they're you take away the drugs and you have more time for the sex. I think it was or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember how I can't remember how he put the line. Yeah, but that but, doesn't uh, surprise me at all. Whatever, yeah, yeah, anything yeah. you say, Stephen Tyler said wouldn't surprise me. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. It just seems like as Disney starts to reshape the parks to fit a certain image, I think this probably will go away at some point, right? I mean, be rethemed. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. But I, I like at some I, point. I might get to see a couple of Kiss songs that would work in there that would actually feel yeah. right. And Rolling Stones, I can't think of a the tempo that would fit personally, but I mean, gosh, $10 million a year. I mean, that's, yeah. They obviously didn't really need that. They were just throwing that number out there in case they bid on it. Yeah. <laughs> and actually get paid them that. Yeah, Disney. Not, would, yeah, and again, if Disney actually agreed to that, the ride would have lasted a year, and then they would have been like, have "Forget this." Yeah. yeah, they would have had to have made up for that contract. Speaking of which, though, another attraction that we—I don't think we talked about—that recently had merchandise removed that was related to the attraction was Dinosaur, right? Right. 
so similar to Rock and Roller Coaster, although Rock and Roller Coaster is still there, just their main, like it says, Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith, like it still stars Aerosmith, but you used to could buy their merchandise in there right. and you used to could buy merchandise related to them. And then that went away. It started right. being more, you know, generic Disney, related more to Mickey type Rock and Roller Coaster merchandise. Yeah. And now very generic stuff is in Dinosaur. So it makes one wonder. Of course, it's brought the rumor about is dinosaur in danger of being changed. I kind of hope it doesn't, because when I think of Animal Kingdom, the only ones over there that right. I like say I have to do is probably or I consider must dos for me. Now this is just for me talking. Yeah, is probably Flight of Passage, Everest, and then Dinosaur would be the other one. The Safari, I don't consider it a must anymore because there's no storyline for me, so it just kind of ruins some of it to me. So. I still like doing this, the Safari because you always get a different experience on the Safari. I still like doing it. Is it that much different than I can get most places at this eh, point? With I no think Disney's is better. I think it's better than any I Safari did, you'll do. I, yeah. I would hope it still stays a step above, but what I mean is like, it takes something away from it with no storyline. Sure. It's not as Disney. So. Sure. Sure. Anyway, I think we can wrap that up and tell you that you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that is all at TWTM Podcast. We have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise, including the Rafts or Ride shirt. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. Don't forget we are on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. You can search for TWTM Podcast. And you can visit our website as well to find links to all those things and more, including blog posts. And that is travelingwithamouse.com. You can also email us podcast at travelingwithamouse.com. So for Adam and Adam, my <laughs> name is John, and this has been Traveling with a Mouse, and I hope you will join us on our next trip. I'm loving this. No, I, don't know. <laughs> I love that idea. Says. Yeah, I love that idea. How about some backstage passes? <laughs>